reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. And this is the interesting bit. Mary said to the angel, how would this be since I haven't been intimate with a man? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You, you therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And look, your relative Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son in her old age. Although she was called barren, she is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible with God. So that's really what we've got to say and I'm going to riff off that for just a few minutes. But here's my question to you. Um, uh, Emma raised the uh, question of what is a miracle? Okay. But what would you say is a miracle? Right? If we get away from the idea, oh, it's a miracle, because uh, uh, the daffodils come up every spring, you know, that sort of thing. What would you say in biblical terms, in spiritual terms, a miracle is? That would help you decide, this is a miracle, this is not a miracle. How'd you get on with that? We're pretty sure the virgin birth's a miracle. But what would make that miracle? Anything that can't happen naturally? <laughs> yeah. Turning the water into wine, example. Yeah? Turning wine into water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're not worried about the food processes. <laughs> okay. An impossible situation. Yeah. Let me tell you about where my thinking is going on this. I, I'm having some changes. I'm not sure about this. But uh, right the way from... Uh, uh, Theo's ancestor, uh, Augustine of Hippo, and, uh, or Augustine the Hippo, um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, and uh, his Nilotic tribesman. The, if you want to know about that, I'll send you the blog, I'll send you the paper on the subject. But um, uh, it, the first theologians came from North Africa, and uh, Theo pointed out to me the other day that. Uh, uh, the tribe he comes from also came from North Africa and uh, I don't know whether there's, uh, there's a connection there but there may very very well be so he, here we are uh, right the way from Augustine to St Thomas Aquinas who uh, you probably sort of heard of as well everybody said that you defined a miracle like this a miracle is something that transcends goes above natural law that's a pretty good one now, you know the, uh, later on there was something called the Enlightenment. You, like me, may have been to one lecture or lesson on this, on all the political scientists, uh, political philosophers uh, throughout history. And David Hume was one of these. He was a Scotsman, 
and he was very keen on experience and sense experience and that. And he said that, no, it's not something that goes above natural law, it's something that violates national, uh, natural law. Okay? And because things don't violate natural law, there is no such thing as a miracle. So that's 18th century they were talking in, in those sort of terms. So here you've got, is a miracle something that transcends natural law? Is it something that violates natural law? Because when you think about it, even things like the crossing of the Red Sea didn't, strictly speaking, violate natural law when the sea went moved from one side to another because it actually says the process that God used. God sent a wind from the east and it created that space. Now, I think water into wine was an exception. Resurrection from the dead, that's got to be pretty much a violation of natural law. Uh, certainly the virgin birth. But how about a very elderly lady conceiving? Where would that fit within the scale? It would transcend, but it wouldn't violate. And actually, if you work with those two, you're a bit stuck, really, because it's a very, very, very na narrow band. But I was reading a fairly substantial book this year which surveyed miracles. Actually, this thick book was a summary of two volumes uh, written by a guy from Asbury Seminary, uh, which we've been hearing about in the news. And uh, uh, he was saying in there, it's much better to think of miracles as being exceptional divine action. Okay? So, by definition, it wouldn't be exceptional if there were many of them. So, sort of, to talk about everyday miracles is a bit of a contradiction in terms. But there are times when God does something exceptional. And, of course, we get a concentration of those things around the birth of Jesus. And I'm just so keen on understanding that this issue of the virgin birth is really important to us as Christians. If Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, then he was just ordinary in many ways. And that brings into question the whole thing around why the death of Jesus was so special and why his resurrection as the Son of God was so exceptional as well. So it's worth meditating on that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and without the normal processes, it wasn't a case of transcending things as as it was with the older age couple. It was a work that was totally foreign as far as the Spirit was concerned. You know, we get the bit in the Bible where you've got the verse, the reason I didn't read from the NIV is the NIV is almost the only translation that doesn't have those words, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Have a look at it, it's a, an exception in the translations there. 
And it sort of echoes another statement from the Old Testament, um, which came from God on this occasion, but it was God in a, it was the Lord, possibly Jesus, possibly an angel, but uh, in, a, in, a, uh, in an appearance. Can anybody remember where it was that that uh, statement was made in different words? Is anything too hard for the Lord? It was, yeah, it was, it was the Lord said it to Abra- Abraham when his wife laughed. Wife was 90 years old. And the Lord came and said, by this time next year, you'd have a son. And she laughed. I don't know whether it was a cynical laugh or a sceptical laugh, or it was a laugh of pure acceptance and excitement. She said, I'm worn out, my husband is old. Shall I now have this pleasure at this age? And the Lord said, is anything too hard for the Lord? I wanted to uh, think about, I've got four minutes left, and I wasn't sure what, uh, what stories to tell, what things to say, but perhaps I could split the time into two and very quickly tell you uh, th- these, uh, the story. I was brought up in an environment where people believed in miracles. In fact, they believed in miracles so much that every event had to be a miracle. Okay, so there was constant, constant, constant disappointment because every person who was prayed for didn't get healed. But there were times when there was a breakthrough. And uh, one of those times was when I was about, I must have been about five, six years old, but my granddad was Sunday school superintendent. In his Sunday school, it was mainly an evangelistic Sunday school, they had about 170 children. That was before the advent of the car and people going out on Sundays uh, in the 1950s. And uh, he was a semi-skilled worker. He used to change the filters at the, film that, uh, the firm that made Dagonite batteries eventually. And uh, I can remember him, he used to come, we lived in the same house until I was seven. But he would come home and uh, uh, in his... Uh, bib and brace overalls with his jacket over the top and his cap on and he would change but he always would smell of that wonderful smell of solvent from uh, changing those batteries but then he used to visit every single family in the uh, uh, in the church and on one occasion and on only one occasion he was visiting a family in broad street which was round by the shops near us And they had a little boy who was about three years old who had got very serious disabilities. He didn't talk, he he was pretty much unresponsive. And as my granddad would do, because he believed in miracles, he believed so much that uh, he lived a life which was studded with disappointments because they didn't happen, said to the family, would you mind if I prayed for your little boy? And he did. And as, they, as he went to the door, the little boy pointed at the lights of, in the road and said, look, that blasted the whole community. In fact, it, 
there were stories that appeared in newspapers in Australia. And I remember being at the church on the occasion where the Dagenham Post, the local paper, came to photograph this little boy as he ran across the front of the church as they gave testimony to what had happened. And he was a local lad, he knew the family, and he had to get them to do it again because he forgot to take the photo. He was uh, so excited. And you know, that conditions me because I think I understand that uh, miracles happen rarely. But there are two things, they do happen, and they could happen again. And we never know when they're going to happen. So when you look at a situation and you think, is anything too hard for the Lord? Like I did yesterday afternoon, where at about quarter past five, the area out there was absolutely packed with predominantly young families from the village. And people were asking Wendy, they were asking others, they were asking Marion and Peter, who did an amazing job. I only did about half the time yesterday, and I was in bed by half past nine, I was worn out. Um, but uh, those guys who, who set the thing up, as, we, as the family, families were asking about Dayspring, I was, we were finding ourselves thinking, what have we got to offer? Uh, do, how can we do this? You know, how can we minister to these people? When we pray about the bus, when we pray about people who we want to see touched, when we pray about the community, and to be honest, we never came to the Lansdowne Hall as a community church. We accept that we are naturally a network church that draws from a wider area. I find myself saying, is anything too hard for the Lord? I find myself saying, for with God nothing shall be impossible. I find myself saying, and with this I finish and we pray, what Habakkuk said, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. That's our prayer. We're invested in God, God's exceptional actions. And do you know, I'd rather live with disappointment than say, too hard, can't be doing with that. If it happens, it happens. I'd rather be like Habakkuk or Habakkuk and pray and say, Lord, in your wrath, remember mercy and do something beyond our imagination. As far as I know, although I saw my granddad pray for other people, including my little brother when he had pneumonia, there was never that dramatic thing that happened again. But what if? What if today is our day, tomorrow's our day, next week is our day, how do we prepare ourselves? How do we grab hold of God and hang on and say, Lord, please revive your work in the midst of the years? Let's pray. Father, words are easy. Telling stories is easy. Repeating good memories 
is great. Father, we pray that in this season of signs and wonders that we won't get distracted from the central theme that you were born to a virgin and that because of the miracles that happened, you have become our Saviour and our Lord and our prospect for future. Amen.